0: Welcome to episode 451, where I sat down with Nathan Pyle, the author, artist, illustrator, and creator of Apple's Strange Planet, the new animation series. In this episode, we talk about how Nathan got started doing Predalist designs back in the day, making his first 100 before he got noticed on there, later creating webcomics. What it means to kind of find your tribe and use things like subreddit to get instant feedback. How he later, quote, got discovered by like Dan Harmon and Steve Levy to bring this webcomic to Apple TV as a series. How they kind of connected on that coming together and creating a unique North Star for this show. Something he could explain to the writers what it was about. If it's your first time here, make sure to hit that subscribe button. At the very end of this episode, I'll give a sneak peek at the new book I'm writing, and you can actually get my first book, Ink by the Barrel: Secrets from Prolific Writers, for free. That's the book and audiobook over at brockswinson.com.
1: I moved to New York 15 years ago. Um, Didn't really have uh, much interest in drawing at that time. Was vaguely interested. But um when I saw threadless I found threadless on the internet uh, there's a whole community of artists who help each other, they they you know bounce ideas off each other and and then create what hopefully becomes like a uh, a design that could be licensed to become a t-shirt. Um, that was that was partly a way to make money. I was curious like, oh maybe I can make some money this way and I, I did enjoy drawing. Um, so uh, that was 2008 and then, Took me a long time. I think I did hundred submissions at least before I got my first license. You know, before anyone purchased anything. Um, but in the in those one hundred submissions, I was learning a lot. I was meeting, making friends, um, and that was the first step toward me creating what really was was something I did at night. While I, I worked another job during the day, and then continued to draw. Uh, used Adobe Illustrator almost exclusively when I was drawing in those first days, um, and over time learned to use other programs. But this was a really fun beginning because you know you saw each time each time you license something was just a it was a win. It wasn't it wasn't my full time job, but it was a fun kind of hobby that also created maybe twenty percent of my income. Uh, a- after a few years, it was obviously helpful so
0: yeah <laughs> i've been a fan i got their their book here from oh back look at the that day. yeah 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 um tell me like so there's this thing from like scott adams like he says he wasn't a great artist but he could draw he knew business he was kind of funny did you see your art as kind of a combination of like storytelling and like how do you kind of see what you became from those illustrations
1: i think um when i moved to new york i knew i wanted to write I wanted to to create Um, and I didn't necessarily move to New York to draw. But when I saw this is right at the beginning of the iPhone era, when I saw there uh, are opportunities for people to see immediately to see your creation, if you can draw, (laughs) especially. Um, And obviously, one, one could do that tweeting and just create words and then and then find an audience that way. But the number of eyes that you could get on a drawing was really impressive to me. So that really helped form a lot of interesting boundaries. I thought, all right, well, the words might not be many. I might not be writing many of the words, but they are going to be in this drawing and they they will be part of what I'm doing. So creating comics really was a natural evolution as I started to draw more and more for the Internet. And it was really, it was fascinating because I love the idea of, you know, competing. And on the internet, you're really competing with literally the entire globe to, to get some some attention. And um, and especially when the scrolling era began, mm-hmm. really scrolling and just scrolling, um, that you have especially short amount of time to, to have anyone stop and look at what you're doing. That that was really part of what what happened for me. I I was, uh, I have little thoughts that I think over time, if someone follows the work I'm making. The little thoughts start to form a more cohesive worldview. Start to form a more cohesive uh, narrative, and and I think getting them out in little doses was really a crucial part of my career.
0: It did, I thought about that a lot. Like, like artists can kind of show themselves in a few seconds, a musician, it takes a minute of listening, a writer. It's like, if I hand you a book or a script or something, it's like, right. this is some, this is some work to kind of get your voice out there. What did you kind of, what was, what was some of the first things that really clicked for you that like connected with an audience? Did you start to shift at all based on that feedback? Or what were some of your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think the feedback was always uh, core to to making the work because i I stumbled into and i I didn't know this, but I stumbled into what was a release early release often model, um which is often a phrase associated with software. um but it really works with art too for me because i I think I'm I, I work in iterations um and there there are theories about some artists are more like me and that I, I don't mind getting a very early version of, of what I'm making out into the world mm. and seeing how people receive it. And then and then that reception, that feedback helps me understand, all right, here's what people don't understand about it, here's what they do understand. Um, that was really crucial for me throughout all of my work. So in 2013, 2014, I was making a lot of these black and white animations and making them uh based on New York City based on the behavior of people in New York City and that became my first book uh which really was a, just a delightful project for me to to start out with because something i cared a lot about it's staying out of the way in new york blending in making sure that i am you know being polite and uh in where i stand and where i walk um and then creating a little guide for people like me who came to New York and realized that they have a particular way of doing things in crowded cities. Uh, someone like me from those suburbs didn't really understand it. Mm. Um, but then creating that book and creating that guide was a, was a really perfect project for me to start. So that was a great example where I had posted a lot of those in the New York City subreddit. Um, and they, the people in the New York City subreddit, they did provide that feedback. They, a lot of times they were essentially editing in the sense they they said yes, that is so true, <laughs> you right. know, and and you're realizing this is helpful because it's really like all of them were basically true, but some of them were more true than others, um, and that's and that's what you're 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 basically finding the core of of what it means to navigate New York City.
0: It's a great like filtering and feedback system that's basically free if you're willing to use it. When I was in school, I remember some some of the – I, I took, like, screenwriting classes. I remember the people who seemed scared to share their idea. I was like, oh, they've only got one idea. They don't have – like, that's dangerous. Like, do you have any advice for those people who are scared to put their ideas out there and, and kind of get that feedback?
1: I totally understand the apprehension um, for many reasons, um, including you don't want, uh, you know, your idea to be taken by someone else. Um, I would say – First of all, um, what has helped me is realizing our ideas may be already taken by someone else. Essentially, <laughs> like um, what we what we think we're we're thinking of originally is is perhaps not as original as we think, um, and that's just by nature of being among billions of humans. Um, so one of the ideas I, I've realized is is putting work out there doesn't have to be. A binary project. It could be something that you start with a more receptive community, mm. uh, and that was Threadless is an analog of that for me. Threadless worked for me, maybe another community for you. But to 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 take a class uh, again, thinking about a, a parallel leap, you want to write. Well, have you ever taken an improv class before? These are the questions that that might help you, because in your improv class, you get to try out some of your ideas. Um, you get to see what is the, what is the reception of this notion? What is the reception of this idea? Um, you're, you're actually bouncing ideas off of other people that will tremendously help you. I think, I think a lot of people who want to write, but have never drawn or want to write, but have never acted. I think there's a lot of like these leaps that you can make to, to get into a creative group,
0: uh, which can really help you. So you've got one of the unique stories that people kind of dream of. You've been putting a lot of work in. You kind of discovered by like Dan Harmon and then on Apple. Like, what what was kind of that story for you? How did how did they first approach you? What's it been like for you?
1: Each step of uh, my career built a little more confidence into my creativity, um, and I think part of what I what I've tried to do is to never never uh, lose that base confidence that I got when I when I first started to capture any audience at all like find that confidence and use that as a foundation i've done it before i can get a little higher each time um so i think when um when strange planet started to take off in 2019 i realized all right i got to keep committing to this i've never really committed to anything like this but i'm going to draw one every day for a whole year and in the middle of that year i had already submitted a book and it was about to become a bestseller. I I could tell from, you know, there were people saying that the the book was doing well and, and, and was about to come out uh, in November. I think in October, I went to sit down with Dan Harmon and Steve Levy um, and sat with them, had some basic ideas of what this could look like as a TV show, but they had more specific ideas immediately. And that was, Uh, I knew immediately, all right, this is the right partnership for me. They have tangible movement that we can make to create what is a webcomic into a world. So um, that was a really intriguing meeting because they understood having the beings have conflict that arises from honesty was a really natural and succinct way to explain to other writers, especially the writing room. All right, the beings sit down at the beginning of an episode square up with each other uh and the conflict arises from there and that's subversive because often the sitcom they're honest at the end um you're deceptive and then you're honest at the end and then you know everyone's back together again but the beings they, they they're going to be honest at the very beginning so um i think that was a really fun that was a fun moment dan dan's belief in me after that meeting this was my first time meeting uh was was obviously inspiring and once someone like at that level believes in your creativity you, you really feel like all right well I have a lot of wind in my sails now um I'm I I don't know what I'm doing but I'm surrounded by really smart people so that that is a tremendous boost
0: So you're kind of'm sh- I'm, I'm assuming some things here maybe you're shifting from like working alone in your office to like working in a writer's room some what was anything difficult about that for you did you feel like? A balance of like, well, I need to be confident, but also need to be kind of fresh. So, how did you kind of <laughs> think about those things?
1: That can be really hard. And I'm sure you've had moments where you're, you're, you got an idea that you're, you're, it's like right on the edge. Do I say this? Do I not? Um, You know, because you're, you're listening to other smart people come out with ideas and you got to have one in your head and you're thinking, do I interrupt or <laughs> like, do I inject this into the discourse or is it really dumb? Um, that that's that's something that never goes away. I think for any any creative people, but I think one of the things that inspired me most about Dan was Dan probably would say a hundred things in a day when you're talking with him, and and truly like the the idea of of wondering like oh what about that that first thing I said, Dan Dan was okay with like just coming up with constant ideas, um, and just an, a machine uh, of of like thought. And, and it really was an in, intriguing and um, educational experience to sit with Dan and realize that you really, you, you don't have to hold on to your ideas. You just let them out. If, if people like them, that's great. If they don't, that's also fine. You, you, the process of you saying that idea was, was actually uh progress. You, you let it out of your head. You try you to put words on it. Next time you might actually have a, better idea of how to say it or or how to tweak it that that's you needed to say it the first time to get that first one out that, there's so much to be said for the way dan thinks and that was a really helpful
0: thing to learn i think you can see that with like shows like community and all the animation he's worked on there's an idea i think ben affleck said it to matt damon supposedly it's like don't judge me on my bad ideas judge me on the occasional good ideas and it's like allowing that freedom to kind of be out there you know right what was different for you kind of shifting to maybe screenwriting or were you getting to see the animations pretty quickly what 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 does it look like for those who don't know like animation writers room
1: it's interesting because at the very beginning we would do some visual development um before we did a writer's room we did some some visual development to see all right here's what the beings could look like movement um and this is just our track. Every every show would have a slightly different track, probably based on how they're pitching, where they're going, what you know, what it looks like. So we had some idea of what the beings might look like as they moved. And at that same at that same year, we were starting to work on, um, if I'm recalling this correctly, we were starting to work on the pilot script. Dan Harmon and Steve Levy and Taylor, my wife, and I. We were doing zoom this was the year 2020 so truly just a, a purely zoom relationship um uh there uh, once we had started you know realizing we were going to to write this script um and that was a that was a really interesting moment because immediately you're you're writing one script obviously but you're answering so many questions about what the world would look like so beyond just the one episode you have to Kind of do some structuring of the entire world um and that was a that was some heavy lifting because you had to make choices all right uh you know how do these beings act what level of technology are they at um will we make it so they have names or will we not give them names i didn't give them names in the comic um there were a lot of big questions that we had to answer and that was uh it it at times you can really fill yourself with second guessing when you're when you're first world building i would say uh because you always wonder oh should we have done this you know um but over time again i was with people who were smart um so creating the pilot script and then um creating uh the visual development as well um led us into a place where uh the series was picked up um and and then it was beyond that, you're, you're realizing, all right, we have a 10 episode first season. Um, we're going to assemble a lot of talented writers. Um, and then, then you, then you're excited because you have all these wonderful opportunities to, you know, bounce ideas in a room full of smart people. And that was really fun. That was just, man, that was such an interesting part of it because it, you, you realize that it's, it's actually hard to pare down, the number of different directions you can go, you have to really pare it down and then have some focus on going forward in this direction. Um, uh, and then, and again, I'm sure you've been there where theoretically we could have done this a hundred different ways. Um, but the way we chose to do it is I, I think was something we're really proud of. And, um, and now, you know, you're, you're seeing the reception of it. You see, do people, do people understand it? What do they think? Um, you know, the first three episodes are out. It's going to continue to, to evolve as people react to different characters. So I'm, I'm really excited about this. This part of it is just, you're always curious how's this going to be received. Um, but that was, that was kind of the beginning of it all. Yeah.
0: We just got maybe, uh, two more. You kind of already <laughs> answered this, but and it sounds like Harmon and those people like understood it. Was there any North star you were protecting? Was it just that, like, this is a show about truth and honesty or what do you kind of think about that? um certainly uh it was
1: a world slightly better than ours um it's a world slightly better than ours uh they're uh emotional advanced, uh emotionally advanced beings is is one way I put it imagine most sci-fi ideas stereotypes of extraterrestrials or they're technologically advanced which would make sense especially if they're visiting our planet um but in this case, we're, we're dealing with emotionally advanced beings as if they, you know, maybe all go to therapy and they all have ways of, of dealing with emotions that they're a little better than ours. Um, we wanted them to be with without gender. We wanted them to be without names um, and, and then to be uh, sincere in their interactions. So we, we would say, for instance, as far as North Star um, uh, phrases go, we talk to voice actors and say you can't be meaner than a, the meanest Muppet would be, um, which was really helpful because immediately people can say, "All right, I think Sam the Eagle or or whatever whatever cranky got
0: the <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, whatever cranky Muppet you can think of, um, that's as mean as you can get." So that that's a, a there are many little di- different ideas that formed over time that helps people understand. And Bob's Burgers was another great analog where Bob's Burgers is just tremendously funny um but also wholesome there's the wholesomeness of that show um which i think is is such a good example
0: uh last question i'm working on this uh, my second book the idea is kind of to be like this self-reliant artist it's almost like you have to assume that you're going to carry your vision all the way through to the end and it's possible that no one will ever help you at least the mindset do yeah. you have any, any thoughts or anything to add to that idea? Cause you're kind of seeing both sides of it. You carried it through, but then you also got to that end zone where there is someone who wants to help. I'm just curious, any thoughts you might have on that?
1: I think when, when I, when I often, I, this is a very strange way to think about it, but when I think about that, I think um, if, if I die today, um, what's, how would I, how would I summarize if I knew, for instance, I have 12 more hours to live, how would I, how would I try to summarize all my work, (laughs) um, and, and, and put something out into the world, um, that, that is kind of the, the epitaph, kind of the, uh, this is, this is what I want people to remember. Um, that, that I think helps me because it creates that kind of tunnel to the end. Like, all right, if I, if I just create that, if I make that, and keep evolving that every day. um then I know it's like it's like my emergency kit. I know if I get that news, I'm about to die. Um, then I have a way to to create that piece, put it out in the world. Um, I don't know if this is making sense, but i I think part of what I'm saying is that you don't know how long you have to carry a vision through. You don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about that quite a bit. I think about how fortunate I've been to be healthy and and to be privileged as much as I've been. Um, but but if if I can carry through what I hope to in the next decade, um, then I I hope that I continue to keep that central, that that little idea that I want to put out. This is a very small idea because that's all all I'll have time for, you know, just one day to do it. I want to keep that little idea in mind because that's that's that should really be what's crucial and central to what I'm saying
0: thanks so much for tuning into the show before you take off i want to give you a free gift i'm giving you my first book ink by the barrel for free that's the digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com inside this book you'll learn how to annihilate writer's block by embracing elizabeth gilbert's playful trickster mentality you can learn to weaponize your anxiety with kevin kelly's different is better approach and learn how to defend your time with ryan holiday's calendar anorexia mindset is just a few other ideas in the book, Ink by the Barrel. It's also based on over 400 interviews I've done right here on Creative Principles. So go steal that book right now, Ink by the Barrel, to learn how to be a prolific writer. You can get your copy, that's digital download and audiobook, at brockswinson.com, B-R-O-C-K-S-W-I-N-S-O-N.com. And if it's your first time here, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never missed an episode.